0: We are in Alma chapter 2 today, and this really goes nicely after talking about the power of one man, because we get to see um, the opposite of Abinadi, the opposite of Alma, the opposite of Mosiah and, and Gideon and the great things they did. And coming off of Nehor, here we go with another one, we know that once he was killed, it didn't put an end to this priestcraft and these half-truths that Satan loves to whisper and that the world embraces. Because here we have the story of amalekai and the start of the Amlicites. And it tells us that in verse 1, the Amalekite was a very cunning man, wise to the wisdom of the world. And I have done a study in the scriptures and would recommend if anyone wants to do that study, I just remember there are two gifts of the Spirit. And one is the gift of knowledge and one is the gift of wisdom. And I've really studied that going, what is the difference of knowledge and what is the difference of wisdom? And as I have studied that, um, wisdom... Of God is inspired of God and the Holy Ghost. And so here's wisdom of the world, which means it's inspired of Satan. And, and um, that's just such an important thing that we be very careful where our learning comes from. And I love that thought in my life that they, I remember in college being taught that if we would study our scriptures every day, that it would help us in our education. And I very much think that is true and have seen that in my own life. Okay, so here's the very thing that God and Mosiah taught in verse two, why there is to be no king. And we've already gone through that. But here's why Amalekite is drawing away the people after him. He wants to be a king. And in verse three, it tells us this is so alarming to the people because they know what King Mosiah has taught them and they know what King Noah did. And so they're very aware of Amalekai's purpose and they're very aware. They are, This is not a sheep in wolf's clothing. They're very aware of what he is and who he has. Um, pacted with or joined with. And so here's the purpose of why he wants to do this in verse four, for the intent to destroy the church of God. And yes, that's what it told us of Alma the Younger. But the awesome thing is this guy we know knows better. He's older, and we know he has made a pact with Satan. And the thing that I have written here is, isn't it such a blessing that God is the judge, and that he knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. And that's why he knows that he can send an angel and change Saul to Paul and change Alma the younger. And I love that or begin that process of change. Okay, Um, in verse five, the thing that really struck me is at the very end of that verse, it says they they come together and they're discussing this because they're going to vote on this. But it says wonderful contentions. And I have a big question mark. Why would this isn't a mistake? Why would they call it wonderful contentions? And the thing that hit me as I was studying this this morning is because it is wonderful that we can think through and that we can discuss and that these awesome people of God could come forward with backing of why this was not okay. And so contention is of the devil, but I think that's why it says wonderful. I would love to hear what other people think, but that was the thought that I had this morning. Okay. So the awesome thing in verse seven, and this is why it's wonderful, is that the people um, voted and the voice of the people came against Amalekite. And that's exactly what King Mosiah had told them is when the majority is righteous, they are when the majority votes. And most of the time, that is the case that they will have God's backing. And here we see it, the majority, we know these people, the majority of the people are righteous because they vote to do away with this. And then we come down to verse nine. And it says, and it came to pass that these people gathered themselves together and consecrated Amalekai to be their king regardless. And I, the thing that really struck me here is even though we had a council in heaven, and even though we had a voice and we voted and we chose the savior, we chose our father in heaven's plan and we chose the savior to come and do the atonement for us. um, Satan wasn't happy and tried to do his plan anyway. He took. And I love that thought of he took a third, which we know isn't a legitimate number. Third represents something. And I can't remember what it is, but it's not a legitimate number. It has a representation um, in Hebrew or Aramaic. And it just means that, um, that we weren't whole, that he led people away. And so I love that because he still tried to do Become the Christ. He still wanted the glory. He still wanted to do Christ's job, and it's the same exact thing in the Garden. When he comes and offers the fruit to Eve, he um, a symbol. Of Christ is the snake. That's why that's what Moses raises on the staff. And so when he comes as a snake, it's symbolic of trying to be the Savior and offering the fruit to Eve. And the whole thing in this is that he's constantly trying to take the Savior's job and trying to take his glory. So the Amalekites, same exact thing. Amalekite has pacted with Satan. He really is mimicking Satan. He's going to do it regardless. And so what is the very first thing he does? He he calls his people together and declares that they're going to have war. Now, we know that God has told us we are never to start a war, so that's absolutely a tool of Satan. We can only defend, but also the very fact that these are their friends and their family or Um, people that they have lived, neighbors, and that they have dissented away from. And now they're going to go to war against them. And I can't imagine how disheartening this is, how sad this is for the people of God. And so it tells us um, the Amalekites, and this is really key. This really hit me this morning, changed their name to Amalekites. And the remainder of the people were called Nephites or the people of God. And the significance of that is they removed God's name. Isn't that incredible? That's what hit me is what they did is they removed the name of God, the name of Christ. Isn't that really symbolic of what they've done. They removed him from their life, and they remove him. And it tells us in the next chapter, they then mark themselves. And so basically, it's the curse, the Lamanite curse, they have removed themselves from God. And that's really hit me. That verse means that they have removed the name of God, they are no longer his children. And so really, they've been blotted out of their own doing. Okay. Um, So then it says, that the Nephites arm themselves because they will defend. They are defending their family. They're defending their liberty. They're defending their church. They're defending their God. And so they have no anxiety or um holding back. They know that they have to fight for liberty and for God. And so I love that it shows their faith and their trust. And that's incredible. And it says... um, Oh, I love this in 14 that they armed them to go to war in the very last line against their brethren. And again, that's Satan. And he uses the tool of anger and he clouds our judgment. And it's so sad because they are fighting against their friends and their family and people they know. And that's just a tool of Satan. And so I love in 16, it says Alma being the chief judge and the prophet, the governor of the people, he went up with his people at the head. And I thought that's so like Christ that he leads us. He doesn't um, have us do this on our own. And here is the prophet of God. And their governor leading them. And that's so cool. It says so much about Alma. That's just really powerful that he leads them. And then it says in eighteen, even though they're way outnumbered, nevertheless the Lord did strengthen the hands of the Nephites. And I love that. Um and I have written there that is the power of the Lord, the backing of the Lord, and that's so cool. Okay. And in nineteen it tells us that they start to win and twelve thousand five. Five hundred and sixty-two souls of the Amalekites. And can you believe how many people he led away? How many dissenters? That's a ton. And then it says the Nephites, 6,562 souls. And so that's over 19,000 thousand people die in this battle. And what I have written here is good die along with the wicked. But here's the thing is this is all because of one unrighteous man. And that is in stark contrast to our last chapters that we studied of all the good that came because of one righteous man. So here's the opposite of that. And I love in 20 that they gather in the Valley of Gideon, And what I have is I love that they used to do that, that they would name, and we do that, I guess, with streets. We name streets after people. But what a huge honor that this valley is named for Gideon, and what a huge honor that they gathered there because they're inspired by his memory of dying for righteousness and and are inspired by that. And so it tells us that in 21, Alma sends Spice to find out the plans of the Amalekites. And the thought that hit me as I read that was, we also have Spice, that Spice, on satan and are inspired to know his plans and his plots and that is our prophet and his apostles and our bishops and our stake presidents so god also has spies and this that goes and finds out their plots and their plans and can safeguard us and so we've really got to listen to those people and so i love that okay in 24 um It tells us that he finds out that they join with the Lamanites. And I put, of course they do. Of course they would seek out those that hate the Nephites. And that seems to be a pattern we see again and again and again. Anytime there are dissenters, it seems they immediately go to the Nephites. And these people that they once upon a time stayed clear, far away from because they knew they were they hated them. Isn't it interesting? The minute they leave, that's exactly who they join with. And they're so much worse than the Lamanites. And so that's just interesting. Okay. And then it says in 25, um, they were killing other Nephites. And I find it so cool that immediately they go to help. Um, They don't say, well, that's their problem. They are one in purpose and one in God. And so they immediately go and help. And I think a lot of times we think they know each other, but these were different lands. It would be like a whole different ward, a whole different stake. And they immediately run to help them. And I love that because I think as members of the church, we do that. We see that. We see people run to other states when they're flooded or disaster happens and go and help Christians, I should say, not Mormons. Um, All Christians and children of God go and run to help others. And I love that. Okay, and it says, as they were coming to cross the river of Sidon, um, they see this army. And it says, as numerous as it were, as the sands of the sea coming to destroy them. And what came immediately to my mind is that scripture, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And just that knowledge that God's backing is overall, and that we have so many unseen people hating us or (laughs) helping us, sorry helping us and guarding and protecting us. And I think that's amazing. And then in 28, it says the Nephites were strengthened by the hand of the Lord, having prayed mightily to him. And again, that scripture, when Nephi turns to his brother, and they don't want to go against Laban. And Nephi says the Lord is mightier than Laban and his 50, yea, even more than his tens of thousands, even if he had tens of thousands. And I love that, that we really have to know that God backing is so powerful and yes righteous die with the wicked But God does back us, and it's amazing. And I love that it then details that Alma goes against Amlicite. And so here's these two leaders, the prophet of God and this leader of the Amlicites, this wicked, wicked man. And it tells us in verse 30, And it came to pass, Alma, being a man of God, being exercised with much faith, cried, saying, O Lord, have mercy and spare my life, that I may be an instrument in thy hands, and save and preserve this people. I... So love that. And I so hope and pray, and I know all of you hope and pray that we can be an instrument in God's hands. And that scripture just always so touches my heart that Alma, it just is who Alma is, and it's who the sons of Mosiah are, and it's who Moroni is, and it's who Nephi is, and that is the prayer of the prophets, and the apostles, and the leaders we have, and what a blessing, and what a gift, and as parents, I hope it's our prayer. Please bless that I can be used as an instrument in thy hands, and give me the strength to not be tired at this time when I'm home with my kids all day. Give me the strength to not just waste the days of my probation, but. Re- Really do the things the prophet has asked us to do. Come follow me in scripture study and prayer and to really hasten the day of the Lord and the righteousness in our home and to make our homes temples since we can't go. And I've really, that's something I've really sat and gone it is not okay to just wait for things to return to normal. We really need to use this time to become who he wants us to become. So I really, really love that verse. Okay, and so it says, When Alma said these words, he contended with Amlici, and this Amlici, sorry, 31, and he was strengthened in so much he slew Amlici with the sword. So again, like Nehor, that's Satan's backing. Done with Amlici. All these people, all of these thousands of tens of thousands that followed him, he's done, you're over, you're done. And guess what your eternal reward is. And then we have in verse 38, more of that. And it came to pass that many died in the wilderness, because the Nephites changed them of their wounds, chased them, and were devoured by those beasts and the vultures of the air, and their bones have been found, and they have been heaped up on the earth. There you go. You chose who you followed. That's your reward. You chose this life, what you wanted. So there you go. And now you get to worry about the rest of your life because that was your pursuit. And I love in 35, it came to pass when they had all crossed the river, the Lamanites and the Amlicites began to flee before them. Notwithstanding, they were so numerous, they could not be numbered. And it just such is a test, such a testimony and a follow up to the power of one man and what we can do to influence others. And the fact that this life is a time to prepare and meet God. And this life is the time that we have to have an eternal perspective and realize that it's the afterlife, our next life that we're working towards. Like the pioneers, you read and just think, how did they keep going? It's because they had that eternal perspective. They knew they were earning the next life. And I hope and pray at this time that that's what our prayer is, please give me the courage. Please give me the faith. Please give me the patience to become who you need me to be, to earn the next life, to become um, the person that can live with you for eternity, because that's what we want. I hope you know the Lord loves you and the church is true.